Hi, and welcome back to The Abnormal Christian. I am Brad Mason. I am here again with my lovely wife, Natasha Mason. Hello, hello. And there she is with her hello, hello. And we're glad to be back with you on this episode. We did miss a day last week. If you were um, counting the podcast or expecting an episode on Thanksgiving, yes, on Thanksgiving Day, we did miss an episode that day. So hopefully, um, you can forgive us for missing Thanksgiving Day. Hopefully, most people are okay with that. Um, so anyway, we're back with uh, episode number forty-seven. Uh, forty-seven, yes. Yes, we okay. just have a conversation. I know, but it's been, I've had a long, so um, I've had a long working week. Um, I work in the e-commerce business and uh, we had to deal with Black Friday. Tomorrow I have to deal with Cyber Monday. And so uh, we're doing 12 hour days and it gets to be, um, things kind of washed together. And so I'm probably going to be a little less energetic in this podcast until I hit something that sets me on fire <laughs> and I get really excited. So anyway beyond that. We're glad you're back with us. I want to thank everybody for listening. Last month again uh, was a wonderful month for the podcast. We had 1,936 listens, um, which in our world is gigantic. We don't even thank you so much. I mean, I don't even know where to start thanking the Lord because it's, again, this podcast is for him. And uh, so uh, uh, in case you're keeping track, we have in the last three months um, increased our listens by about 600 a month. So we started really low and last month we finished almost at 2000, which is fantastic. Um, we really didn't expect that. And that was, uh, just a blessing to see it do that. Uh, but we hope you're enjoying what you're listening to. Um, we would encourage you to check out the study of acts that we're doing on Tuesdays is when we're doing that. We're posting that on Tuesdays. Um, right now we're through the first three chapters of the book of acts and we are going to be doing chapter four this week. Um, so I have to find some time somewhere in between the next couple days to actually sit down and, and be able to dig in and to uh, do some study on it. Um, so just pray for me in that regard that I actually get that done. Um, so we're going to be doing that coming up on Tuesday. Today we're going to be looking at uh, uh, operating with integrity. That would be the title of this episode that I want to kind of bring up. Um, so integrity is uh, something that's used in the Old Testament. There's different words in Hebrew that are used to um, translate, they translate it into integrity. Um, the word integrity itself is not mentioned in the New Testament. So if you have a New Testament Bible, you're not going to find the actual word integrity there. Um, you're going to find some other words that go along with it, um, such as being honest or sincere, or genuine, things like that. So the real topic of this podcast is about Christian integrity, because this is something I think we that is very important that needs to be talked about. Um, it goes beyond just, uh, integrity goes beyond just uh, what we know, right? So we have the uh, the head knowledge. Some people have head knowledge of the scripture. And I think for myself, for the longest time um, in my younger days, I always really was proud of my head knowledge of the Bible. The things that I knew were in there and the things that I knew to be true. Did I operate with integrity is a whole different question. And so I think we really have to call ourselves into this um, this realm of, of what integrity is. So we're going to look at some scriptures. I've got Natasha with, uh, you'll have to give me the first one because I gave you two. Proverbs, no, you gave me three. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Proverbs 21, three. Okay. That sounds like uh, one I gave you to look up. <laughs> Hopefully it's got something to do with integrity. To do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Oh, yeah. See, I, I really wanted to uh, hit that verse, and boy, that one comes up first, and that's fantastic. So read it one more time. 
To do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. To do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. So in the context of just this one verse, what do you think that would mean? Um, to stick to the... Honesty is the best policy. Yes, honesty is the best policy. But let's uh, think of old, I want you to think Old Testament, biblical terms, um, offering up a sacrifice for your sins. What's he saying? Um, well, he's saying <clears throat> that justice and judgment is more important than actually um, sacrificing. Yes. For yes. Your sins? Good job. <laughs> yes, you're you're on the, on track there. So really what you have to take away from this and understand here is that the Lord is saying that doing right, doing the right thing, having integrity is more important than coming back later and offering a sacrifice for a sin that you committed. So in the Old Testament, we understood that there was a, a sacrifice of an animal that had to die when people committed a sin. And so God is basically saying, "You know what? It would be better if you did the right thing instead of coming to me with sacrifices." Um, I would rather have that. I would rather have you doing... That, that's kind of akin to uh, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Yes, absolutely. So it's it's that thing in your life to where, you know, you always, you have people who say, it's if we do the right thing, we never have to say we're sorry. We never have to apologize. We don't have to bring, and what they would do is bring God a sacrifice. I, I sin, Lord. I, I shouldn't have done that. Here's an animal sacrifice. It's going to die Let's in my place. Right. And the Lord says, you know, honestly, if you could just do right and do it all the time, this, it would be great. I wouldn't have to have these sacrifices. I would much rather you do that than bring me these sacrifices. And so he's really talking about the behavior um, of the person. Um, continue to, do you have the next one? Um, Proverbs 11, I don't remember which one. Um, uh, hold on a second, 11.3. 11.3. The integrity of the upright shall guide them, but the per perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. Hmm. So the integrity of the upright upright shall guide them. Shall guide them right. So that's uh, the integrity and uh, one of the the root words of integrity definitions is upright, walking upright before the Lord. And you hear me say that in the podcast sometimes we as believers need to walk upright in front of God. That means we need to do right and we need to uh, I had somebody one time they said you really they told me they said you seem to focus and I don't know if it was a negative or a positive, but they said, you seem to focus on wanting to be right. And I said, it's not about being right. It's about doing right in front of God. For me, the being right is the part that Jesus did. He died and he justified me. He gave me his righteousness and he made me right before God. Now I want to walk in that before the Lord. The that, least we can uh, do is listen to and follow what he wants us to do. Exactly. It's the uprightness part that I need to do. Um, and this is something that we we as believers need to tell each other, something that we need to tell in churches and, and these kind of podcasts and radio broadcasts, whatever they're doing, needs to be this idea that we're sharing with one another, that brothers and sisters, we have this righteousness. And Paul talks about it. You know, Should we continue in sin so that grace could abound? And he says, God forbid, why would we do that? Don't do wrong just so God's grace can uh, abound and be manifest in your life. Do what's right before the Lord. That's what we're supposed to focus on doing, is doing those things that please the Lord, doing those things that the Holy Spirit leads us into. We never have to bring, uh, this is this is sin in our lives. We never have to bring that before the Lord. And we don't have to have that, that sorry moment, God, that I did something, if we're seeking to walk right before the Lord. Pretty simple. So what's the next verse? Uh, Proverbs 12, 22. 22. 
Lying lips are abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are his delight. Ooh. So we, we've got a, a little bit different here. Lying lips are an abomination before the Lord, and they that deal truly are in his delight. Correct? I was pretty close there. Um, so again, it's another verse that deals with integrity. Because integrity, what is the opposite of integrity? And I said it yesterday. Let's see if you remember what I say. <laughs> I called her on this one. Um, opposite of integrity is sketchy. It's sketchy. That is the definite opposite of integrity is sketchy. Um, it's a word called duplicity. Um, and it's okay. It's all that means sketchy. It means duplicity is the highbrow version of sketchy. Yes. So, um, it is, and the root definition of duplicity would be deceitfulness. Um, it's, it's the wickedness. It's that, uh, and it's not just wickedness as in when we say wickedness, that means, uh, inherently evil, right? So someone's doing some wickedness. They're doing something that is inherently evil. Deceitfulness and duplicity are a little bit different because it's evil that is done. Um, and it's planned out with intention, right? It's intended, it's intended evil. So the opposite of integrity would be duplicity. Um, so now when you look at the Christian body and you look at the body of Christ, we would say that this has no place in our body. We should not have deceit. Um, it shouldn't be a part of who we are. And I think Jesus makes that really clear. He talks about that deceitfulness that the, the um, Sadducees and Pharisees have. He calls them vipers. They're a brood of vipers because they're, they're deceitful. And the Bible says the heart is continually wicked. It talks about that deceitfulness that lies inside of each one of us. Um, and so it becomes, a, it becomes apparent through the scripture, through the word of God, that there's supposed to be a change that's made in us. And this is really important if you're, if you're not sure if you're a Christian or not, if you're not sure if you're born again, if you're not sure that you're a believer, these are a few things you can ask yourself. Uh, how do I feel about lying? Do I feel like it's okay? Is it okay in certain situations? Does it, does it happen a lot? Um, there were, you would be, I would be lying if I sat here and said that I did not tell lies, that other people, listen, you're not going to run, anyone, run into anyone in your life who has not told a lie before. Where everyone is a liar. Let God be true and every man a liar is what the scripture says because every man is a liar. Someone has lied along the way. Um, but it's not supposed to be a standard operation for the Christian. We're not supposed to operate in the realm of deceitfulness. It's not supposed to be in our heart. So it's very... Um, it's very easy to look and answer that question for yourself. Am I lying? When I do my job at work and, and I did something wrong, do I tell the truth if they ask me about it? Do I lie about it to get out of trouble? Am I avoiding punishment because I'm lying and I'm trying to work my way around? Because the scripture says that all those things are going to be made plain clear. Um, there's nothing hidden that will not be seen. God's going to show everything. Uh, we're gonna, he's gonna, he knows everything. It, it, he sees everything we do. So there's not a moment in our lives. And that's scary sometimes because you know you did wrong and now you, can, you know he sees it. Um, but there's not a moment in our life that is hidden from the eyes of God. So when we look at our hearts and we look at our lives, we have to ask as a Christian, um, do I, do I tell lies? Am I false? Is, is, are the things I say not true? Um, is it inherently deceitful? And if it is, then there's that real question of, do I really have the Holy spirit in me? Because there should be conviction that comes along with this. The Bible says that God chastises those that he loves. He's going to correct our bad behavior. And however he chooses to do that, he is so fit as a father. That's what he can do. Um, but it's up to us to walk with that integrity and having the Holy spirit, it should be easier for us 
to walk upright before the Lord because we know what right and wrong is and we have been given uh, his word. We have the word of God. If we put our face in there and we read it and we study it, you know, David said uh, he wanted to hide the words of God in his heart because it's so that I might not sin against you is what he's saying to the Lord. Let me hide those words here because if I hide his word in my heart and I come up on a moment of um, temptation, right? So we all deal with this Christians and non-Christians. We all deal with temptation. If we come up upon, come up upon, if we come upon those moments, I'm sorry. Um, we have the word of God hidden in our heart and, and we're able to rightly divide truth. We're able to say, yeah, that's not right. I shouldn't do that. Yeah, that's not right. I shouldn't say that. Yes, I need to be upright before the Lord. Um, so what would be the point of having integrity? Well, I think when you're a, a person with integrity, people tend to listen more closely to what you say. They believe you right. because I, they know that you have a good reputation. Right. So you, you, it's a truthfulness. Mm -hmm. It's that you can go to this person and you know they're going to be honest with you. I've had a few bosses in the years that I've worked with uh, who have operated with integrity, and I've had some who had no integrity whatsoever. Um, Most people will say that they will respond to and listen to and follow managers in particular who um, operate with more integrity. If you feel like you're going to be thrown under the bus or you're always going to be berated and told how terrible you are, you're less likely to really care what they tell you or to even really, really take to heart what they say. Right. Because you don't so really care about them. So a couple of side notes that go along with integrity are generally when they have integrity, there's more empathy, there's more compassion. This person is a little more in touch with what's going on. Now, as a Christian, how should that relate? How should we relate? How does that affect us to the world? Well, I think when it's hard for the world because they sometimes they wait for the first little sign of a Christian who has a problem to jump on it and be like, mm -hmm, see, uh, they're right there. And that's absolutely true. I think, uh, and, and that goes back to, we are, uh, what somebody called it, the people of the book. I mean, we are the children of God and we follow his word and it's hard for us. It's going to be very hard for you as a Christian to go out in the world and tell someone that they're a sinner. If you've got sin in your own life, it's kind of the same. Like if you on Facebook, people will post Bible verses and like, Oh, uh, you know, I'm this upright person, but then they work with you. So they know how right. you are when no one's really Well, that's that, that double mindedness, you know, you'll see somebody and I'm, we're just picking off Facebook since you brought it up, but you'll see somebody post the Bible verse. And the, the very next thing that posts is a video about some girl dancing or some, somebody trying to make money or something where people are, are drunk. I mean, it's this idea of where on one hand, I want this righteousness in my life, but on the other hand, <laughs> look at the world. I only want it when I need it. Right. So when it comes down to it, would you go to that person for your theology? theology or your doctrine? You. No, don't do that. So I'm going to tell uh, one of the things and hmm, take it with a grain of salt, right? Uh, my daughter said a while back that Facebook is becoming the, the place that old people go to post things. And she's right. It's absolutely true. Do not get your theology and your doctrine off of Facebook. Um, do not base what you believe about the word of God and about the scripture off of Facebook because there is, uh, you've seen it and you know what I'm talking about. Um, people can't support, they'll post a verse and someone will be like, what? That's exactly what that means. And it's like, no context here, people. Uh, but it gets shared like, uh, you know, the share or the, one of my favorites is the, uh, 
this off subject, but where, where somebody will share something, I'm like, share and like this, or the devil is your daddy. You know, I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's just like, no, wait a minute. That's not even biblical. Um, so, you know, we have to be, uh, again, this person who would who does this, this, this double-mindedness, um, that's not the person you're going to go to to find out, to know the deeper things of the Lord. That's not the person you're going to go to for prayer. No, because if that person comes to you and, and is coming towards you in a preachy type manner and trying to tell you that something that you're doing is wrong, you're going to be like, nah, bro, I don't think Right. And it's, and it's very difficult, honestly, in the situation of if you're in leadership too, um, if you're leading a church, if you're a pastor, if you're an assistant pastor, youth pastor, minister, whatever it is, whatever your role in the church is. And, and I, I spoke with some guys a while back about this, about some things we're doing. I said, we have to be right before the Lord. You have to be upright. You have to make sure that sin is not in your life. And if we're going to do this, you got to make sure we get that out because we don't want that in, in, in what we're trying to do. We don't want sin inhibiting us from, from being, um, useful to the Lord. It's very distracting. Yes, because we're too worried about uh, what, you know, what if somebody finds out what I'm doing? What if somebody finds out what I'm saying or what I'm looking at or what I'm thinking? Um, Because to your point, when people find, when the world finds one little hole in your, your coat, they're going to start poking at it, you know, trying to rip it apart. And it just discredits everything that you've done. Yes, and we all know, and if you're listening to the podcast and you've been in the United States for years, you can think of those preachers and those pastors, those times on TV and those times in the past where they've had uh, extramarital affairs and, you know, they preached hard the word of God and they came at it really hard and they told people, you know, you're this and that and you should do this and that. And then they have that sin in their life and it's made known and apparent and their integrity is completely damaged. And their ministry falls apart and they do harm. This is the main key and the main thing that I think I need you to understand about integrity. It's not about you. It's not about how you you appear to other people. That's not what it's about. What it's really about is doing harm to the name of the Lord. That's the main thing. Because as believers, just like uh, we have mothers and fathers, you would not want to do something to embarrass your father, your mother. You wouldn't want to do something to shame them publicly where people could ridicule them. Oh, I know what your kid did. I saw what they did. You know, we should not do that to God. He is our father. He is, he is given us everything we have. He has given us the life that we have. And how dare we ever take a moment to shame him? You know, how, why would we ever do that? So walking uprightly before him and and taking the extra time, and this is the main thing, taking the extra time to put thought into what we're going to do, to stop and think about what we're going to say, controlling the tongue, not allowing it to rule our lives. Because honestly, we can sit here and talk all day long about integrity and doing the right things. But when I get off this podcast, if I am not exactly the same as I am when I'm on here talking to you, then I'm a hypocrite. And they're going to point that out. I'm a hypocrite and I have no integrity at all. So I, I, I have to walk in that. And a lot of times I have to pull back thoughts. I have to think, pull these things close to me and say, mm, Ooh, no, that's going to do damage. Not only to me, but it's going to do damage to the word of the Lord. Cause the last thing I want to do is be a stumbling block for somebody else. So one of the last verses I wanted to look at, uh, do you have Philippians 4, 8, or I've I got it? I can have it in two seconds. Okay. So we're going to look at this last verse because I think this really sums up the idea of integrity and what we should be looking for and what we should be doing um, because it so very clearly outlines who we are as believers and what our minds and life should be focused on. Go ahead. Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just... Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, 
think on these things. So we have this idea of thought process because um, generally uh, the scripture said it's not what goes into a man that defiles him, it's what comes out. So it's what, whatever comes out of the mouth is really showing what's in the heart. So here he's given us these thought processes that we should take into account. Whatsoever things are lovely and whatsoever things are pure and if anything's of a good account, if there's any virtue, if there's any praise, think on these things. Focus your mind upon the right things, doing the right things. If we walk in integrity and we walk upright before the Lord, it's going to really start in our heart with salvation, but then it's going to get into our mind, into our head to where um, we're looking at those joyful moments moments, even in the hard situations where I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to stay, it's not even a a matter of fact of trying to stay upright before the Lord. It's that Jesus has made me upright before the Lord. And I walk in that. That's exactly what it is. I want to walk in that. I want to be in that position to where the Lord can use me. I want to be in the position to where other people can look at me and say, that guy knows the Lord. I want to talk to him. I need prayer in my life. I need to talk to him. I need salvation. I want to talk to him. He knows what that is. You know, and, and that's it, it all really goes back to this integrity. And I think, you know, I'm not saying we're not going to sin. I'm not saying we're going to, you know, we're going to walk perfectly and we're not going to fall. We're not going to have problems. I know we all do. We all have different things we're dealing with and we all have our different struggles. And uh, some people, you, you have your different addictions. And there's just so many different things that we're fighting with in this life. You know that it is a spiritual warfare first and foremost. And the devil is trying to stop us from being productive and useful for the Lord. Um, but if we walk in this integrity and we get our minds right and we focus on the right things and we put this joy, and this really leads to joy in our hearts. If we have this joy in our hearts that's overflowing, people are going to respond to that. People are going to notice that people are going to depend upon you where they don't depend upon the double-minded person who can't seem to one minute they're saying something good the next minute they're saying something bad you really can't trust that guy you know that's not us that's not who we're supposed to be we're children we're we're the family of god we're uh, we're supposed to be right there, you know, walking in that righteousness. So I really wanted to talk about that today. And I hope, uh, you know, some of these ideas and thoughts are, are gi- give you some pause to, to really consider um, what does it mean to have integrity? What does it mean to um, do the right thing? And, and honestly, another key facet real quick of integrity is also um, what we're doing when nobody's around. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's easy to do the right thing. And this is one of the things I've always said. It's easy to do the right thing when you're around other people who want to do the right thing. This is why we enjoy church so much. This is why you enjoy um, going to revivals. And this is why you enjoy listening to pastors and preachers on uh, YouTube. This is why you may even like this podcast is because it's easy to do the, the right thing. And it's easy to take joy in it when you're around other people who want that. But when you're by yourself or when you're in the world and you're with lost people, how does that affect who you become or who you are? If that's having an effect on you, then there's more there that you need to reconcile with the Lord. There's something deeper that needs to go on there because that integrity should always be firm. We should always be true. We should always be just to the word of God. Um, Never waving. Uh, you know, uh, somebody said, uh, compromise, we should never compromise. There's always going to be things in life. We're going to compromise on the one thing we cannot compromise on is the gospel and the word of God. So, uh, cause us, for us, it's, it's life. It really is. Outside of that, uh, we appreciate you listening to this episode. Um, we will be back again with study of Acts chapter four coming up. Um, we ask that you continue to like and share this. If you would like to email us, you can email us at theabnormalchristian at gmail.com. Um, you can send us an email, give us show ideas, tell us what you think of the show and the show notes, uh, whatever you want to do there. Uh, but we so greatly appreciate you giving us a few moments of your time. And we ask that the Lord would can deeply bless you in everything that you do. Bye-bye.